And we are going to be starting on page Kuf Yud Gimel, where it says, V'ato ha-ma'ayin b'sefer zeh. And that will be on page one, two, three. The third page of the, of the handout. On the left side, V'ato ha-ma'ayin. Now, we mentioned last week from the Rambam, oh, excuse me, first of all, to mention that the Shia is sponsored by Esther Weiner as a Zechus for Rafua Shalema for Esther Bascharna Besogshar Chol Hashem. So we mentioned last week that the Rambam first states five different groups of people and their opinion as to what Olam Hava is. And each one of these opinions, he says, is not correct, although we did see in some of them there were certainly many aspects of those opinions which were correct, but as a whole, the Rambam was saying to us that these different opinions were not correct about what Olam Haba is, and he's leading up to, although we probably won't quite get to it yet today, he's leading up to expressing his understanding of what Olam Haba is. That's what we're leading to. But we still have a way to get there. So now we're again starting page Kuf Yud Gimel, about six lines down. And now you who are looking into this Sefer, understand this mashal, this metaphor, which I'm about to present to you. And then your heart will be prepared to be able to understand what I'm going to say regarding Tchiyas HaMesim. So first, I'm going to talk about a mashal, and then based on that mashal, he says, we'll talk about Olam Haba. Sim bedatcha. So he says, picture in your mind, or literally place it in your mind. Ki na'ar katon hevi'uhu eitzal hamalam, Torah. That somebody brought a young boy by a Malamed, by a teacher, a Rebbe, in order to teach him Torah. V'zehu hatov hagadol lo, le'inyan ma she'yasig min hashlemus. This is a very great goodness that we can do for this child in order for him to reach Lamus, to become a complete and whole human being. He's about to begin the study of Torah. So you bring this little yingala to a Rebbe to teach him Torah. Ella, however, shahu lemiyud shana sichlo. But this little boy, because he's very young, miyud shana, he's just a few years old, he's a little, little child, morning, and he has a weak mind. It doesn't mean he's not intelligent, it just means his intelligence is not developed yet. He's just a child. And if you need shiurim, they're on the back, on the back table, there's shiurim there. And we're, we're on the third page of the handout um, in the paragraph beginning about So this is a child, and he doesn't really understand, really, because of his age and his lack of intellectual ability at such a young age. This child does not really understand the greatness, the great good, which is Torah. He can't. 
And he doesn't understand what ultimately will come to him, what he will develop into as a result of Torah and Shlemus. He doesn't understand that. He's just a little child in Cheder. Therefore, it will be necessary for the Rebbe. He's got to do something. And the Rebbe is more shalim. He's a more complete, whole, well-developed person than the child. He's going to have to do something to motivate this child using things which are dear and beloved to this child relative to his age, what we would call age-appropriate. He needs to give something to this child, some kind of age-appropriate reward for him to appreciate studying Torah. The Yomarlo, so he'll say to the child, Kura, go ahead and read these psukim, go ahead and say this Mishnah, I will give you nuts or figs. Back in the day, right now it would be candy. <laughs> but this was the candy of earlier Doros. The diets have changed somewhat. And it would also be raffle tickets. That would be, that's the big thing now in the school. I will give you ten raffle tickets. But in the days of the Rambam, I'll give you nuts and figs. I guess they had a much healthier diet than we do nowadays. Or I will give you a little bit of honey, and you'll be able to enjoy that. And with this motivation, this little boy, now all of a sudden he's learning, he's learning hard, he's got one mission after another, because he knows what's coming as a result of that. Debbie is a nursery teacher, she understands this completely, right? This is a point that Ramam is going to keep making over here. It's not really that he is into the learning per se. He's simply too young to know what learning Torah really represents. He's learning for the food. Right, so he thinks the ikr is the food. But on the way to get his food, he's going to have to learn a few psukim. Okay, I'll do it. And he does it. Eating those nice treats are much more precious and dear to him than reading the psukim in the Torah. The low suffix, the Ramam says, without a doubt. What's he really want? He wants the goodies. Therefore, Choshev Halimud now, how does the child view the, the learning? It's amelus. This is hard. It's effort. I've got to do something to learn. That's the hard part. I've got to open up my book and learn a few psukim. But, but it's worth it. So that through this effort and toil, he'll be able to get what he really wants, which is one little nut. Or a little slice of honey from a honeycomb. Now this child becomes older and his intelligence is more developed. 
And now, those things like candy and nuts, they're not important to him anymore. We'll say in our generation, now he wants baseball cards, right? He's into other things than that. So now he appreciates other things besides egozim and devash. So what are they going to do? Now the next level, Rebbe, is going to have to discover what does this child like? Maybe he's in middle school now. He's a little older. What does he like? What's going to motivate him to study Torah? So his Rebbe says to him, now we're on the very top of the page, the next page in the handout, very top on the right side. Go ahead and read a few psukim. And I'm going to buy you a nice pair of shoes or a nice clothing, right? And these are yeshiva bachrim now, right? At least in our time. And they, they like the nice shoes, they like the nice suits. So what's the next level? They're not interested in candy and honey anymore, but they're interested in dressing nicely. So the Rebbe now is going to motivate on their level. Begadim yafim, nice clothing. Ubezeh, yishtadel likro lo le'etzem halimud. Now once again, this older child is going to put forth effort to learn, not because he's doing it for the sake of the learning, ella le'oso ha'malbush, but for the sake of the clothing. V'habegerahu nechbad be'ena min ha'torah, and in his eyes, this young boy, what's more important, the baguette or the Torah? The baguette. So once again, on his level, what's the tachlis? What's, what's he really after? The new shoes. The learning is just a way to get to the shoes. Okay, now he's a little older. And now the new shoes or the new suit doesn't mean so much to him anymore. Although it seems in our time that people do not outgrow this, right? So now he's on to something different. Now his Rebbe says to him, Now it's not a little bit. Learn a parsha, learn a perek, learn a lot. I will give you money. Now he wants money. Or two dinarim. I'll give you a couple bucks. That's not going to work nowadays. You need more than a few dollars, right? So he has graduated on to appreciating money. Right? It's another level of what he likes. Now this child is learning and putting forth effort. Likach oso for the money. Once again, the Rambam says the same thing, and the money is more important to him than the learning. Because what is the purpose of his learning? To get a little gold coin that he was promised. And okay, now he's older. He's approaching his adult years, or young adult years. And this reward 
for money is not so important to him anymore. And he understands that doing something for the money is not really so important. Now he's going to desire something which in his eyes is even greater than this. So his Rebbe says to him, Go ahead and learn. So you'll be a rabbi. You'll be a dayan. People will honor you. They'll stand up when you walk by. And they'll do what you say. I'm not sure which rabbi that is that people do what he says, but <laughs> theoretically it's possible, right? And your name will be great during your life, and even after you die, people will talk about you. You were a great person, Kragon, Poloni, Uploni, like so-and-so, and so-and-so. So now this young person, probably a young adult, is reading and he's learning. In order to achieve this maila, which is kavod. So what's the purpose for him in his learning? The kavod, that people will show him honor. And they'll elevate him and praise him. So the Rambam has demonstrated to us that no matter what level a person's on, as they're going through their years of learning and education, that there's got to be some kind of a motivation beyond the learning itself. Why? Because that's where people are at. That's where they are. It's age-appropriate. And we have to know that we can't say to a seven-year-old boy, learn Torah Lishma. Like, what's that? And you can't say to a 16-year-old boy, learn Torah Lishma. He's got all kinds of things going on in his mind. But what you can do, you can create other things that for them is really the tachlis. And they're learning Torah on the way to get to that other thing at the higher level here. It's kavod. So the Ramcha writes that everybody wants kavod. We're already at a point where there's a, a real yetzahara for kavod for adults. Everybody has that yetzahara for kavod. So that's where we're at right now. The Rambam concludes, again, page Kufi Adalit, about six lines up uh, from the bottom of the Rambam, because all of this is not good. So this is what we do, but the truth is it's not good. And he's not telling us not to do it, as we're going to see later. He's not saying, don't do this, it's not L'Shem Shemaim. He's going to say, you have to do this. But this is really not optimum. Yeah, please, Mrs. Fran? Despicable. Literally, it's a very strong word. It's a strong word. Despicable or disgusting, it's a strong word. Maguna. I softened it a little bit. <laughs> However, it is necessary. Because of the limitations of human intelligence. And the Rambam states it in a very concise way. It's necessary that we create a situation where the goal of wisdom is not wisdom, but rather that which wisdom will get you. The candy, the shoes, the money, the kavod. The yomar. And to say, le'eza dover nilmad. For what reason are we learning? 
If we're going to say we're learning in order to achieve kavod, even though in truth this is silly, this is ridiculous when it comes to the portrayal of truth or the pursuit of truth. This is what the Chachamim referred to as learning Shalolishma. There's some other objective, some other goal besides the learning itself. Kolomar. Shaya Aseha Mitzvos Vyomad Yishtadel Bitorah. Lola Oso Hadavrabadsmo. So the Ramam is defining what Lolishma means. It means a person does mitzvos or they learn Torah and they're putting forth effort not for the sake of the Torah or the mitzvos themselves, Ella but rather for some other thing that they hope to gain as a result of learning and doing mitzvahs. And the Chachamim, in truth, they cautioned us about this approach. And they said, this is in Pirkei Avos, Don't make the words of Torah a crown to become great with that, with those words. And don't make them into a shovel with which you dig. In other words, that the Torah is helping you get something else, like a crown, which is honor, or a shovel, it's helping you build something. And here the Chachamim are alluding, they're hinting to us that which I have said, She'en lasum that a person should not place the goal of Chachma, not to receive honor, and not to gain money, and not to learn Torah for money, meaning for Parnasa. Now he's going to say it in the strong terms of what we really want to do, the ultimate way of learning the wisdom of Torah is to know the wisdom of Torah. That is the goal. The Torah itself is the goal. What is the tachlis of truth? To know truth. Not because we're going to get something from it, be rewarded for it, get covered for it, the ultimate is to know Torah because it's Torah, to know truth because it's truth. V'ha-Torah emes, the Torah is truth, v'tachli sidiyasa, and the ultimate of knowing it, la'asosa, is to do it. V'asra la'adam ha-shalim sheyomar, and it's not, it is forbidden for a person who is shalim, that's a whole, complete person, it's a tzaddik really, when I do these mitzvos, which are these good mitzvos, tovos, and when I distance myself from averos, which are bad mitzvos, and Hashem told us not to do them, what, what reward am I going to get for doing this? What am I going to get out of it? So if you think about it, if we're asking that as an adult, we're really on our level 
No different than the child. When I learn this, what am I going to get? We're, the, we're just like the child. He wants the candy. We want something else according to who we are. And they say, well, if you learn Torah, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. Because when we see the limitations of the human mind, that he doesn't really understand the ultimate is to learn Torah for its own sake. And he wants to really have something else out of learning Torah. We respond to that person according to their lack of intelligence. We have to address that person on wherever they are in life. Answer a fool according to his foolishness. The Chachamim also cautioned us about this. Don't, meaning ultimately, don't make the doing of a mitzvah for something to attain something else through that mitzvah. Don't try to use a mitzvah to attain something else, just the mitzvah itself. And this is what this great person said, who understood the truth of this matter, toward the very beginning of Pirkeiavos, Antigonus Ish Socho. Antigonus, the man from Socho, one of the early Tanoim, Don't be like servants who serve the master in order to receive a present. But rather, serve the master in order not to receive a present. So what does he mean? To believe in the truth. Because it is the truth, not for any other reason. And this, the Rambam says, is what is known as one who serves Hashem through love, with love. Now, isn't that fascinating? All of a sudden, we have the word Ava coming in. He's been talking about something, if I may say, very intellectual. The pursuit of truth because it's truth. That's the ultimate. Knowledge because it's knowledge. So we're thinking about this intellectual process, about a conviction of having truth. But the Rambam finally says here, at the end of this section, that's called Oved Me'ahava. To me that's fascinating. Because is not introducing an emotion. It's a person is passionate about what they believe in. And they love learning the Torah. Not because it's intellectually true only, that's part of it, but they love the truth. What that person loves is the truth. So now we've got a fuller picture that there's the conviction and intellectual understanding of truth, but that has to come along with a love of truth. If there's no love of truth, in my opinion, it will fall apart. An intellectual conviction is not sufficient for most people. and Not only that, it's not the whole person. There has to be both involved. Now just for a moment, I'll take some questions. If you just uh, go down to the bottom of that page, I circled the little letter Bayes in mine. I don't know if I did that in the photocopy. 
So right ben- beneath the line, there is a, um, a letter base, a footnote. It's on the top line of the footnote toward the end of the line, Lakaima. So the Rambam says that the tachlis of, of Torah is emes, and, it's, and the tachlis of knowing it is to do it, to do the Torah, to fulfill it. So he says there on the bottom, Lakaima, this is not the Rambam, this is the notes on the Rambam, to fulfill it. Kamosh as it says, Vlimaditem osam ushamartem la'asosam. You shall learn the Torah, and you should be careful to fulfill it. V'chol ha'omer, and anybody who says, Ain li ela Torah, no, I only want the study of Torah. In parenthesis, Ritsoni rak bilimuda velo b'kiyuma. I want to learn it, but I don't want to do it. Gam Torah ain lo. He doesn't have Torah. Whoever says, I want only Torah, doesn't even have Torah. Torah has to come along with mitzvot. So the point Birhing Rambam says, to learn it and la'asosa, to be mekayimit. It's not just the Torah involvement of study, but the Torah involvement of doing, of how we lead our lives. And if a person says, I only want to study, he doesn't even have to study. Those two things go hand in hand. Any questions or comments? Yeah, please, Mrs. Fran. Um, the Rambam, every single word, right? Every single letter. Every word is necessary, right? So when it talks about these different stages of, of a child's life, it seems repetitious. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Yeah. So the way I see it is this, that he's talking about the gradual advancement within a person of the things that they appreciate in life. So he could have just said, just like the way a child likes candy, so an adult likes kava, but he's going incrementally. Yeah, but you could do that in one sentence too, you know, the little one likes candy, the middle one likes juice. Right. So why he draws it out like that, I don't know. You know, most definitely the Rambam is extremely careful with his words, that we all know that. Why he draws it out to that extent, I don't know, except it is very clear, I must say that. He writes in a very clear fashion. Beyond that, why he didn't make it more concise, I don't know. Yeah, please. Yeah. So he's saying it's despicable, but this is human nature? That's right. So we're going to get this coming out of, it's going to keep coming through. It's not good, but you have to do it. It's not good, but this is how education works. And we're, we're meant to graduate out of that and learn for the sake of learning and be Jewish for the sake of being Jewish. We're meant to graduate from all of these levels. But at the same time, the Rambam is saying that any person, any human being, needs to go through this incremental process. You can't start at Lishma. It just doesn't work. So when he says it's bad, I don't think he means that it's bad in the sense that, oh, what we're doing is horrible. No, what we're doing is what you have to do, and it's good, because it gets people to learn Torah and be involved in Jewish life. But ultimately, relative to the tachlis, which is Torah lishma, so yeah, anything less than that is, is bad. But not bad in a, I'm going to say, judgmental way, that we're saying, oh, a person who does that is bad. No, they're doing exactly what they need to do in order to reach those higher levels of lishma. So have to be really careful with the language here. What one is the process and one is the goal. Persons at the goal, relative to that, all these different steps would be Maguna.
but they're important. And he's going to keep putting out a few more times that one has to do this. You can kind of hear where, where we're headed, otherwise I said we're not going to get there yet today, when it comes to Olam Haba, you know, and what that does in terms of our own goals and what we're shooting for in our life. We're all thinking about Olam Haba. He's going to kind of lead into that uh, over the next several paragraphs. Yeah, Linda, please. Learning lishma is the highest. No, it's the high, and, and living lishma is the highest level that one can attain. So that's a very pure form of Yiddishkeit, and the devekus which arrives as a result of that is very, very great. No question about it. But we don't expect a child to be, or even a teenager, or even an adult, to be at the lishma level. Like it's something which is so lofty that we hope, 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 hope. You know. We'll get there one day. Absolutely. Uh, all these things, doing something shalolishma, if we use it in our language, you're yodse. It counts. You did the mitzvah, you learned the Torah, you did the act of chesed. It counts, you did it. So that's the ikr. But we're really trying to do on a level, another level of what is the ikr, is to refine the internal person. Without the maisa, right, we don't have anything. A person can have lofty thoughts. If they don't do anything in the realm of Misa, they weren't even Yodzei the Mitzvah. So here we're starting with the Misa and then we're going from there to the refinement of the human being within the Mitzvah. And that does make the Mitzvah greater, whether it's learning or doing. Yeah. Some people... Yeah, yeah we, we get the Schar, we get the Schar for doing the Mitzvah, even if it's Sholishma. A greater Schar, the more pure the Mitzvah is, which really means a greater devekus to Hashem, the more the, pure, the more pure the mitzvah is. Sure. Now, I just wanted to mention the Rambam brings here that not to be misparnes, not to you know make your parnasa from Torah. So there were many great people over the course of history um, who would not take money for learning Torah. They they developed a trade, a profession. Many of the chachamim in the Gemara, they had professions and trades on the side. Rabbi Yeshua was a blacksmith. And all Rabbi Yochanan Asandler, Kishmo Kainu, he was a shoemaker. So they wouldn't take money for learning or teaching Torah. They were extremely pure in their Torah. Now that's changed a lot over society. Because Al Pidin, if you study Torah or learn Torah and you get paid because you're giving up something else that you could do to make money, you're allowed to get a salary for that. Because I could be doing something else. And instead, I'm teaching Torah so one can get money for that. Halachically, there are ways to do this. Men get paid in kolo, and hopefully they get paid in kolo, as long as the checks are on time. And they're getting paid in order to learn Torah. You know, all of that in our generation is necessary in order to be mamshich, kabbalah satorah, and limud hatorah. It's necessary. But there were people, including the Rambam himself, who would never take money. The Rambam did not take money ever for learning Torah, teaching Torah. In the earlier part of his life, he was supported by the family business. His brother was very wealthy. 
uh, businessman, and the and he supported that family. The Rama was supported by that. Then his brother was tragically killed in an accident on sea. The boat he was on with all of his merchandise went down. His brother was killed at sea. Not only was it a tragedy because the Rama was extremely close to his brother, I think his name was David, very close to him, but also they lost their Parnasa. And that's where the Rambam decided he's going to learn medicine. That's when he learned medicine and became a doctor so he could be paid for being a physician. He never took money for teaching, writing, learning Torah. So we have a lot of people like that. Although it's not so much the Mahalich in our time for our various reasons, but over the course of history we see great people who, who did that. I want to tell you a very humorous story. I heard this from, I think, Rabbi Mati Tversky, about one of the Rosh Yeshiva of Tells. I think it was Rav Bloch, if I remember correctly. Um, and, but it could have been Rav Matul Katz. I forgot which one it was. And so he was learning in the base Midrash, in Adam Gadol Ma'od, he was learning in the base Midrash, and he didn't have his kapatan. He was learning in his shirt sleeves. So somebody came over and said to him, you know, a Rosh Yeshiva, maybe it's... Maybe, perhaps, it's more covetous for the Rosh Hashiva to be learning with his kapata. So he said to him, well, you know, let me ask you something. Um, am I allowed to take money for learning Torah? No, I can't. Am I allowed to take money for teaching Torah? He says, no, I can't. It's not allowed. So why, why do I get paid to be the Rosh Hashiva? The stama, to wear, to wear a kapata, must be getting paid in order to wear a long coat. And you know what? They're a couple of weeks behind in my paycheck, so it's okay. <laughs> he had a great sense of humor. Someone else had a hand up. Was that you, Gail? Someone else had a hand up? No? Someone over there? No? Yeah, please, Mrs. Schumann. Yeah. I was just thinking that there are children and young adults who really are excited about learning Torah. Sure. Children who can't wait to hear the next, you know, chat, uh, next section of the parsha or the the older children that really do. They, they're, sure. they're few and, you know. Most definitely. There are kids who are excited about yeah, it, learning I itself kind of across the board. Right? Right. So he, we can see people who are very excited to learn Torah. You have Yeshiva Bachem who are excited to learn Torah. That's true. But I think what we really have to get out of the Rambam is, is this. Everybody has Nagiyos. Everybody has ulterior motives. It's just the human reality. The Ramchal writes about this extensively in the Mesilus Yesharim, that if we think that we're pure in our study, in our Torah, we're not. We have things that we're not even in touch with, with which are motivating us, that are beneath our, con our conscious level, the subconscious level, and we have to try and break through to those things in our personality. Those are deep things. So what the Rambam is saying here are very overt, you know, kids and candy, clothes, money, kavod, very overt things. And you might say, well, a lot of kids don't learn for candy, a lot of uh, bochum don't learn for money, they're just learning because they enjoy it, it's true. But even with all that being said, any person has those underlying negios in what, what they're doing, what we're doing, and we all have to realize that. We can't think that I'm doing it lishma. Once we think we're lishma, we're gone. We're done. <laughs> that means we're not going to grow anymore. Like, uh, higati, I arrived, I'm here, I made it. We're not going to grow anymore with that kind of attitude. We always have to realize there's something more we can uncover to make our Torah learning and Torah living more pure. 
So yes, on some level, these may not appear to apply, but on a deeper level, it applies to all of us. And it's great people who really get through to those inner um, motivations and resolve them and work with them to become truly, truly humble people. Yes, Debbie, please. That's really what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Interesting thing, when the Nevesha Chaim, Rav Chaim Belezhner says that to enjoy learning Torah is part of learning Torah. That that's not considered to be a Shalom Lishma motivation. That the Simcha and the fulfillment of Torah itself is part of the learning. So that's good. Like to go to come to a Shir, learn something, come away, feel like our life is richer as a result of it. That's a good thing. Now in Achinami, someone could be be getting something more and different, an ulterior motive out of coming to a shir. They could, but in terms of the fulfillment and the simcha that one gets from the Torah, that's part of Torah itself. Oh, that's why we're here. Yeah, right. We're trying to <laughs> learn Torah because it's MS and we feel fulfilled as a result of it. That's great. So Rav Chaim Belajana writes a lot about that, Nevashachaim, and we can all look to those words as a, a guiding post that it's good to enjoy. We even say it in our Bricha Please, Hashem, let the study of Torah be pleasing for me. It's part of our Bricha Satorah. We don't just say, let me, let me uh, sit there and coldly understand this, in this process, but let it be pleasing for me. Yeah, yeah please go. That's a very good question. They are beneficial and they can be harmful. That's what I mean by that. The stories about are very great people. So they're beneficial in the sense that we can look at these great people and see what they did with their lives and try to become great people ourselves. That's important. The harmful part is this. If we are trying to say to a child, you should be like him, or to a girl, you should be like her, that, in my opinion, is not good. Because we're not meant to imitate people. We're not meant to try and be somebody else. So we learn from that great man or that great woman, the midah of chesed, the midah of Torah, the midah of tzedakah, of compassion, and then we take that midah and we plug it into our own personality and make sure 
that we live it according to who we are. But sometimes we're setting kids and adults up for failure by laying out these great people, ki'ilu, that's how we all should be. And then you have a lot of people living a disappointed life because they never became that, that great, great, greatest of all people. The other thing is that a lot of the books don't write about the failures of the great people. They leave that out. I feel that's harmful. I think that the struggle should be uh, presented along with the achievements. And that for me that does not take away anything from that personality, on, on the contrary it even adds to their greatness that they tried something and it didn't work and they tried something else and it didn't work and they struggled and they stumbled and they became a great person through those nisianos. I feel that would be very beneficial and I think there should be more of that. It's almost like instant godal, instant tzaddik. They were like that at the age of two and that's how they were the rest of their life. Like, it's not true. Only as motivation to become yourself, not to try and become that person. I want to tell you two stories, one from the Hasidish side, one from the Misnagdish side. They both have the same point. Uh, the Go the Vilna, Zechusadik Livrocha, in addition to being you know, a Malach Elohim, a person who's managed like an angel walking on earth. So, what were some of his Hanhagos? He never slept two hours out of 24. He never slept more than a half an hour at a time. It was not not a two-hour stretch, it was only half an hour at a time. They say, those who knew him, who were close to him, that during that half an hour his lips were moving. He ate two kazesim of bread a day. He drank only water, except on Shabbos, when he didn't. So, something about the Gona Vilna, he was a very strong person. He was physically a strong person. So he noticed one of his Talmudim one day was walking around like very weak and shvach, you know. So he said to the other Talmudim, please tell so-and-so to come into my study, I want to talk to him. So he comes in and the Gros said to him, I noticed that you're weak, you're shvach, what's the matter? So he said, well I know, you know, that, that the Rebbe only sleeps a few hours a day and only eats a little bit, so I'm trying to do the same thing. So the Gros said to him, okay, he walk, the Gon of Vilna walks over to a bookcase which was filled with books and he physically moves it with his strength. And he said, if you can do all of those things that you're doing and still do that, then you can do it. But you're getting weak and you're getting tired, so you have to stop what you're doing right away. You can't live like this. That's one story from the side of the Misnag and from the Gon of Vilna, the Litvish side. On the other side, the Kedushas Lever, believe the Yitzhak of Bredichev. So, there's a machlokas whether or not you're allowed to smoke on Tisha B'av. Some posts can say yes, some posts can say no. We're not talking about the health factor that was not known in those years, that it was, not, that it was dangerous. So the Kedushas Levi smoked on Tisha B'av. He saw that one of the people in town was smoking on Tisha B'av. So he called him over and he said, Why are you smoking today on Tisha B'av? So he said, well, the Rebbe smokes on Tisha B'av, so I'm smoking on Tisha He said, oh, okay, you're smoking on Tisha B'av because I smoke. He says, yes. Okay, thank you very much. 
So the next night, at 3 o'clock in the morning, this man gets a knock on the door. Who's here? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. So he gets out of bed, he stumbles to the door. Who's here? You know, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak, it's the... Rebbe, why are you at my house? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Is everything okay? Is something the matter? He said, no, it's time to go to the mikveh. <laughs> he, said, he said, what do you mean? I'm not going to the mikveh at 3 o'clock in the morning. Why are you saying that? He said, I, I know, but I do. <laughs> so don't you do what I do? Let's go. So we have to be very careful with this concept about striving to be great according to who we are, not according to who they were. And that's not a failure. It's not a failure not to become the Braditchavarav or the Gona Vilna. It's only that we, we must become ourselves. Like the great Rebzusha said, that when I get to Shemayin, they won't ask me why I wasn't Avram, why I wasn't Yitzhak Avinu. They will ask me why I wasn't Zusha. So we have to be ourselves. So when you ask this question, which I feel is so relevant for our times, because it's something people struggle with, children and adults, when we read these books, we have to have perspective and make sure to apply them in the right way to, to our own lives. And with kids too, we have to be careful because we set up a very unrealistic expectation of a 14-year-old or a 10-year-old who thinks he's supposed to be the Chafetz Chaim right now, right? It's not good, it's not healthy. If you hear Rebetzin Diskin say some of the stories, I, I was paying very close attention, Rebetzin, if you, last semester when you talked about your great father, Yaakov Kamenetsky, who tried to do certain things, and you said, in, wasn't Matzliach, and then tried someone else, wasn't Matzliach. So I was personally very motivated by that, because he's known, as we all know, as an Odom Godom Ma'od, and he had things in his life that worked and things in his life that didn't work. Is that correct, what I'm saying, Rebetzin? Yeah? Okay. Yes, Gail, let me just see what time it is. What time do you have there? Okay, so go ahead, Gail. Okay. That's also a form of lishma. If a person is learning Torah or doing a mitzvah because that's what Hashem has commanded and that's why they're doing it, that's a form of lishma. Ram is talking about right here the appreciation of truth for truth and performing the truth when it comes to action. But another angle on that is, yes, we're doing this because Hashem commanded it. Yeah. There are different forms of lishma. Please, Mrs. Rand. Yeah, because you know at a certain point that it's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, I know of certain situations where, you know, some guys in the yeshiva are learning with such hasmoda that they snap. You know, and it's a very, very unhealthy thing. You know, I've got to really walk that line carefully. Uh, when I was, you know, 19 or 20 years old, I was in yeshiva and I was in a phase where I was really getting into my learning and I was staying in uh, during the break between first Seder and second Seder. I was staying in the base Middish and learning after lunch. 
And the other guys were taking a walk or playing ball. So one of my Rebbeim walked by. He was a very big Talmud Chacham and a, and a big Masmid. So he comes over to me. He said, um, maybe you should go, we'll go, play, go play a little ball. You know? so he, you know, maybe it's good to you know, go get, get a little fresh air. It wasn't like forceful, just kind of recommending that go outside and get a little fresh air. Like give yourself a break. Coming from a person who was a big Masmid in his, in his own right. So I'm glad that somebody mentioned that to me because it balanced that out. It was very important for me to hear those words coming from that person. It made an impression on me. Yeah, please, Sarah. Maybe you've been answering it. The difference between what we're doing here now yeah. Me too. <laughs> so what's what's the part? We're trying to close that gap between ulterior motivations, whatever they may be, and the study of Torah because it's Torah, because God gave us the Torah, because it's truth. Just gradually close that gap, which is a lifetime of effort. But once again, coming to a sheer because one enjoys learning Torah, finds it fulfilling, gives it over to their family, which I know that you do, and to yourselves as well, to me, that is part and parcel of learning Torah. That's not an ulterior motive. That's part of the experience itself. That's how I see it. Have a great day, everybody. Asher Koach. We'll see you next week. If you want to keep that, please bring it back next week. Otherwise, hand it in and I'll bring it back. I'll, and that might have flipped over, but I'm not sure I'll let you handle it. Okay.